0: This message is a presentation of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information about the ministry of Vortex Church, please visit us online at vortexchurch.com. As we get ready to start, let me just set up where we are with Romans 5. Um, The book of Romans is written as this grand dissertation by the Apostle Paul. It is over the first part of the book, uh, the Apostle Paul, as he is writing, makes an argument that whether we're Jews or Gentiles without Jesus, there is no way that we can be right with God. And as we read that, it's easy for us just to kind of Go, Jews, that refers to a Jew. But when I read Scripture, the, the message towards the Jews is a message towards people who are on the inside and people who are on the outside. And so the first part of the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul says, hey, if you've been on the inside of this whole gig for a while, or even if you're on the outside, it doesn't matter. You're lost if you don't have Jesus. And back in the fall, we went through a series called History, and we looked at the the story of the prodigal son and how the wisdom of Jesus as he tells that story shows us that the younger son is lost in his failures, but the older son is lost as he tried to stay home and earn the affections of the father. And so as we pick up in Romans 5, you see at the beginning of the chapter the word therefore. That means that it is connected to what has already happened, what's already been said. So we will start reading in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have Gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Let me just stop there and point something out to you. At the beginning of this chapter, the apostle Paul invites us to rejoice in two things. And it doesn't make any sense that those two sentences are right next to each other. The first thing that he invites us to rejoice in is the hope that we have in the glory of God. And in the very next sentence, he invites us to rejoice in our sufferings. Continuing on. See, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. It's very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man though for a good man some might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. There's a a little phrase in there that's important. And it is this, that God demonstrated his love for us. And most of the time for us, when we think about love, we think about it in an abstract, emotional kind of way. But the Bible tells us right here that we know that God loved us because he has demonstrated his love for us. Continuing on. So since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath Through him. For if we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we now have received reconciliation. As this passage begins to close, the Apostle Paul uses this phrase twice that we shall be saved. We are being saved. That there's this, we are being saved. That there is not, it's not just. A a moment, There's there's a decision that I make to follow Jesus, but there's something that needs to be happening after that moment that is the process of me being saved. And the key to that is found at the very beginning when he invites us to rejoice in both hope and suffering. Let's focus in on this verse. I want you to look at it with me. It's verses 3 and 4. It says this, that we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And we know this, that hope does not disappoint us. Suffering produces perseverance. When I was a kid in South Carolina we learned that Andrew Jackson was born in South Carolina. And most of y'all that went to elementary school around here learned that Andrew Jackson was born in North Carolina. I don't know who's right, but I know he was born somewhere. There's a story about him as a kid. A historian was doing some research and went to his hometown and asked some questions and just was trying to figure out uh, kind of what his childhood was like. And the the kids that grew up with him said, we're just shocked that he came out to be this great general leader, eventually president of the United States. Because when he was a kid, he just wasn't much. As a matter of fact, there were two or three kids that outshined him in everything. There was one kid that lived right near his farm that they were... Always kind of at odds because at everything he did, this kid would beat him. And as they're telling the story, they said to the writer, Well, we remember, I mean, it would be about three out of every four times they would wrestle. Andrew Jackson would lose to this guy. And the writer said, Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Three out of every four times? You mean he kept going? They said, yeah, after three times, he would keep saying, I'm going to keep wrestling until I win a match. And on the fourth time, he would finally win. You see, that's where life has some of us today. It has us in a moment when it's been difficult, when it hasn't been easy. And the invitation of God is to not give up. You see, when I'm thinking about this, the Bible says in Romans as we were reading in verse 3 that suffering will produce perseverance. And if we're going to live out the life that God wants us to, we're going to have to be the kind of people that choose to persevere. When suffering and difficult moments come, we're going to have to be the kind of people that don't cave, that we continue to march on and follow Jesus. Really, perseverance is wrapped up in a long series of the right decision. I'm going to say that again. Perseverance is wrapped up in a long series of the right decisions. And so today, I wanted to walk you through the choices that we get to make and the temptations that lie within them. The first thing is when in life we see a need. You see, we're always going to see needs, we're going to see somebody that doesn't have enough. We're going to see somebody that needs help. We're going to see a car broken down on the side of the road. We're going to see somebody that doesn't have enough change to pay for the milk in the grocery line. And the question is, what will we become when we see a need? The first option that we have is to become a critic. Because when we see a need, it's really easy to become someone who criticizes that need. But the second option that we have is to become a servant. You see, as people and as a church family, we need to be the kind of people that when we see a need, we don't criticize, we serve. We're not a part of the problem. We become a part of the solution. That's the invitation of Jesus, isn't it? Jesus said that he did not come to be served, but to serve. And when we perceive a need, If we're going to respond the way that Jesus did, we need to respond by responding to that need with the heart of a servant. That's beautiful, isn't it? Just listen to them talk, letting us know that they're alive. That's great. Listen, I'm happy we got kids. That means we got some married couples that like each other somewhere. That's good. The second thing that we deal with, and we deal with this situation every day, is when we get to the point where we perceive a personality flaw in somebody else. When we get to know somebody or encounter somebody enough that we see that there's something that's just not right, now, kids, this happens at school all the time, doesn't it? There's somebody that's, that's there that ain't quite like us. Maybe they don't have clothes that are as nice as ours. Maybe they come from a different kind of family. Maybe their skin is a, a little different. And, and we perceive that there's a difference or a flaw in the Two choices that we have in that moment is that one that we can respond in judgments or we can respond with grace With grace. That's right. We can respond in judgment or we can respond in grace. The truth about the gospel is that the gospel tells us this about our relationship to an all-knowing, all-powerful God that he, while we were still sinners, chose to love us and send his son to carry the weight of our sin and die so that I might have a relationship with him. But how many of us, how many of us treat people worse than Jesus has treated us. When we start to get to know them, we start leveraging judgment their way because we recognize that there's a problem there. And we look at somebody and go, well, you know what, they don't have the best social skills, and we tell a little joke about them. Now, it goes even beyond that because We all have, I've used this term before, some friends that are bless your heart friends, right? Right, you know what that means? That means that you can say anything about somebody and then say, bless your heart, you know? So like, i just pick on Rodney. Rodney, man, Rodney, I love Rodney, but bless his heart, you know? And then you know something is coming and it ain't going to be nice, Right? In that moment, with that person, whether they're annoying, and we all know people that are annoying, right? Y'all probably work with some people that are annoying. I, I have worked with some people who I felt like were epically annoying. <laughs> all right? Or if it's a hurtful person. Y'all know people can be hurtful too, right? When we deal with somebody and we perceive a flaw, we have the decision to either become judgmental or graceful. And God has given us the plan. He's already invited us to be graceful because he has been that way to us. And the last thing then, We sing about this just a few minutes ago. Is the moment where we stumble in life upon a problem. How many of y'all know that problems are going to come? You can't get out of the way of them. They're going to be a part. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble. I mean, he's already laid it out for you. If you follow me, There's going to be trouble in the way. And we're going to encounter problems in life. It's coming. If you don't have a problem right now, get ready. Because one's on its way. All right? The reason is, is that if we've chose, if we've made a decision to follow Jesus, we have literally stepped against the current of the world that we live in. Everything else is going the opposite direction. There's going to be resistance, but resistance is healthy. How many of y'all ever been to the gym to work out? And y'all get some toothpicks out and put them in your hands and start doing it. That doesn't work, does it? The reason it doesn't work is because weights provide resistance and it makes us better. There's going to be resistance and in our lives spiritually, it's going to make us healthy. God's going to use it to knock some stuff off of us. But in the middle of a problem, we have two different responses. The first one is that we can respond in fear. The second is that we can respond in faith. Since the beginning of the year, we spent about four weeks looking at how God invites us to live in security. And He tells us through His Son Jesus that we don't have to worry. And He takes us through these examples in Matthew 5 and 6 telling us that even the lilies of the field are clothed. Why do we worry about what we're going to clothe? Why do we worry about what we're going to eat? Even the birds of the air have food. But yet, we get to that moment when we start to balance the checkbook and we know that there's a bill there and we start to see as things line up and we get worried and fearful You see, there's going to be problems. There's going to be problems that come in life. If you choose to follow Jesus, you will encounter resistance. And as people who have chosen to follow Him, our decision is to <coughs> excuse me, got a little cough corner. Our decision is to respond to those moments in faith. I've told you this before. Fear says God can't. Faith says God can. Fear says that God can't. Faith says God can. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have seen um, what is a, is emerging to be one of my little girl's favorite characters. She dressed up like him for Halloween this year. Uh, Finding Nemo. Anybody ever seen the movie Finding Nemo? Right. Do y'all remember the Bluefish Dory? Y'all remember Dory? I love Dory. I love Dory. I think it's a, one, of, one of those great characters. And I want to show you a, a, a scene from, from this movie and just let you look at it real quick and then we're going to talk about it. Hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do. I don't want to know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dory, no singing. Ho, 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 ho. Dory. I love to swim. And Dory. When you want to swim, you want. See, to I'm gonna, keep gonna get stuck on... now with that song. Now it's in my head. Sorry. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Sw- right? That over and over and over again. What do you remember about Dory? She have a good memory? No, can't remember anything. Right? Remember random facts. But she kept singing that song, "Just Keep Swimming." Let me give you some advice about perseverance. For us as people who love Jesus, if we're going to persevere, perseverance has a short memory. Perseverance has a short memory because many of us, we can not only get hung up on our mistakes, we can also get hung up on our success. You see, perseverance looks back and says, that's behind me. And now I need to make the next decision. I can't coast on the fact that I made the right decision yesterday. I have to now make the right decision now and today. I can't wallow in guilt over the fact that I failed it yesterday. Today I have to make the right decision today. Perseverance has a short memory. And in John 14:6, Jesus tells us something that's very central to us at Vortex. This statement, it wraps itself in, in so much of what we believe about the life that God has invited into us. And in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we are looking for the path, of perseverance, it is just simply this following Jesus. That's how, in the middle of this passage, as Paul begins to open it up, he says, We can rejoice in suffering. We can rejoice in suffering because that suffering is producing perseverance. In other words, I know that I'm going through something, but I'm going through it. I'm not staying in it. I'm going to make my way through this. And as I go through it, God is going to build something in me. So let's pray as the worship musicians get ready to come back as we get ready to close today. Let's pray all across the room. Everybody, let's take a moment. God, as we pause today, for some of us, we're in a moment where we're trying to figure out how we're going to take the next step. We're trying to understand where the next move is going to be and what we need to do to be faithful to you. For some of us, God, we're just in the middle of a problem and our eyes have just been fixed on this problem. And so today, God, for all of us, Remind us that if we're going to persevere, we've got to focus on your righteousness and making the right decisions as the problems of this world encounter us. That when we see a need, we can become a critic, but instead let's become a servant. God, that when we see a flaw in somebody, we can become judge, jury, and executioner, but instead, God, let us become pets, dispensers of grace. That we give out grace, God. And Lord, when we encounter a problem, When we come upon a difficulty, God let us do it, not and walk through those circumstances, times, and trials, God, with faith and not with fear. (coughs) Today, if there's somebody in the room and and you would say today, I'm I'm in the middle of a difficult season. And I just want to commit to God right now that I'm going, to, I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to take the next step, the next day, the next week. I'm going to take the next choice, and I'm going to invest it into the heart of God. If that's you, and you're in the middle of a difficult season right now, but you want to commit to him this morning that that's going to be, would you raise your hand just so I can pray for you? I see those hands. Is there anybody else that would say, I'm in the middle of a a tough moment in my life, but I want to really commit to follow Jesus and to make the right decisions. God, for those who have committed to you this morning, to persevere. God, through your grace and mercy, God, would you come and build them up? Invest strength in them, God. Call out of them things that they can't even recognize in their own heart right now. God, if they're discouraged, give them encouragement. (coughs) They're broken, bring healing. They're weak, make them strong in you.